I, I, I've heard, well, that he didn't die on the fool's gold after all. That he escaped, Mr. Furland. <laughs> you can call me Roar, kid. But let's get something straight. I was there. I saw it happen. I didn't hear about it. And if you want me to tell you the story, you gotta listen. No more interruptions, okay? Bartender, another couple of rounds for me and the kid. I had to get to Ceres. I was taking a new job as executive officer aboard the Helium-3 tanker, Jove Commerce. The Jove Commerce made runs between Ceres and Jupiter's moon, Callisto. And this assignment was my chance at the big money. Far more than I'd earned from the lifetime of running tugboats around the moon. The only problem was, I had to get there first. No one was going to come from Ceres to pick me up. And I didn't have the money to afford passenger fare, so that meant I had to find a temp job board a freighter, outbound for the asteroid belt. Not an easy task. They all had regular crews. So I tracked down an old shipmate, Schumacher, who'd lately gone to work for the Spaces Union. He sat down in his ratty cubbyhole in Tycho City, cracked open a bottle of Luna whiskey, and discussed my options. There weren't very many. Look, Roar, here's a scoop. I've checked around for a boat that'll take you on, and I've found what you're looking for. An Ares-class ore freighter, outbound for Ceres. In fact, she's already docked at LaGrange 4. She's ready to launch as soon as her captain finds a new second officer. Now, oh, here's a picture of her. Yeah, okay. Standard rock hauler. 82 meters, gas core nuclear engine. Nothing I can't handle. What's her name? The TBSA Comet. Her captain is Bo McKinnon. Yeah. So what's the catch? Uh, let me repeat that. The Comet. Bo McKinnon. You're telling me you've never heard of her? Not a clue. <sighs> Terrific. The one guy who's never heard of Captain Future. <laughs> it's gotta be you. Captain who? The flare is being sent off at the North Pole. James Carthew reported. They waited then, in tense silence. An hour passed, and another. The uranium clock showed it was past midnight. Why doesn't Captain Future come? North Bonnell burst out, unable to keep silent longer. That ship of his can get from the moon to Earth in a few hours. He should be here now. James Carthew's gray head lifted. He will be here. He's never yet failed to answer our call. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I'm here now, sir. The deep, laughing voice came from the balcony outside the window. A big, red-headed young man had miraculously appeared there, as though by magic. Kurt Newton, Captain Future.
Look, let's forget the whole thing, okay? Pretend I never mentioned it. I can get you a gig on another freighter, something heading out to Ceres in six or seven weeks. I don't have another six or seven weeks. If I'm not on Ceres in three months, I'll lose the Jove Commerce job. What's wrong with this gig? What's wrong is the nut who commands her. Bo McKinnon is the worst captain in the Transient Body Shipping Association. No one who shipped out with him has ever stayed aboard. How come? He's a nut, that's why. He's... He thinks he's a space hero. He collects old science fiction magazines. Science what? Science fiction. What they used to call fantasy way back when. Anyway, he pretends to be a hero from one of those things. Captain Future, man of tomorrow. And he takes it seriously. Calls his ship's AI the brain. <laughs> the brain? Like what? He's got a brain floating in a jaw? I don't know. It's a fetish of some kind. Go figure. Well, so he's weird. It doesn't mean I can't handle it, right? Oh, and I hear his first officer's a Google. A female Google. I don't have a problem with superiors. They're just a little different, is all. A little? Their eyes are the size of baseballs. So? Whatever. I hear she has a thing for us apes. But she's probably sleeping with McKinnon. You know, she's the only one that stayed aboard. And that's saying something. Others have jumped ship, faked illness, torn up their union cards. Anything to get off a comet. That bad? That bad. Doesn't sound like I have a choice. Not if you need to be on Ceres in three months. Captain Future's voice rang like a silver trumpet summoning to battle. To the comet. That call admits of no delay. The president never calls for nothing. Ten minutes later, a small ship shaped like an elongated teardrop rose from an underground hangar on the lunar surface. It was the Comet, super swift craft of the future men, known far and wide through the system as the swiftest ship in space! Roar? Roar? Wake up, please. <laughs> Mr. Furland, please wake up. Okay, okay, I'm awake. What do you want, Brain? The captain asked me to awaken you. He wants you on the bridge at once. He says that it's urgent. Okay, all right. Let me check the data screen. Oh, I don't see anything urgent. Oh, jeez, Brain, it's 0300. I'm going back to sleep. Captain's orders, Mr. Furland. Ow! Hey, turn off the damn lights. If you don't report to the bridge in ten minutes, you'll be docked one hour time lost, and a mark will be entered on your union card. Oh, for the love of... Cut brain. The captain thought it might help rouse you. I'm roused. Jesus, I'm roused. Just let me get some coffee from the wardroom. I'll be there in ten minutes. Where are my shoes? This place is a mess. I'm incapable of cleaning. You have three minutes. I can count. 
Oh, the milk's sour. Perhaps you'd like your coffee black, then. Cute. There's a cockroach in the sink. Christ, brain, you want to do something about this problem? I'm sorry, Roar. I've tried to disinfect the vessel, but so far I've been unable to locate all the nests. Never mind. I'll take care of it myself. Erlen? <clears throat> Where are you? I'm in the wardroom, Captain. Just getting some coffee. Ah, got him. Mr. Furland, you have 60 seconds to find your duty station, or I'll dock you pay for your last shift. Now hustle your lazy butt up here. On my way, Captain. Okay, I'm here. Where's the fire? Morning, Roar. Hey, is that coffee? Something like it. Here, catch. Oh, thanks. Now I gotta stop for a second. Because until you've been there, you can't imagine how sexy it is to see a woman catch a squeeze ball of coffee with her right foot. But that woman has to be a superior. Specifically bioengineered for zero-G conditions. A narrow body, double-jointed arms and legs, elongated fingers, toes reshaped to act as a second pair of hands, enormous dark blue eyes skin covered in dozens of tattoos, including a monarch butterfly, its wings spread across her face. That was Jerry Lee Bowes, the first officer of the TBSA Comet. I uh, heard Bo yell at you. Yeah, what else is new? Where the hell is he anyway? Topside taking a sextant reading in the observation blister. He'll be down in a minute. Should have known. Wakes you up in the middle of the goddamn night and disappears when you want a straight answer. Bo will tell you more when he comes down. Oh, come on. What is it? What's going on? Um, I gotta get back to work. Excuse me. Hey, Brain. Give me a hollow of our current position and trajectory, please. Ship position and trajectory displayed on navigation table. Roar, please, just wait for Bo to explain it. Thanks. Now, let's see. There's us near the third Kirkwood Gap, and there's Ceres, so we should be there in about two more days. And here's the trajectory line, so... Hey, wait a minute. Roar, listen. We've changed course. Roar, calm down. Calm down like hell. We've changed course. We're not heading to Ceres. We're not heading anywhere near Ceres. Roar, please, there's a reason... Brain, what's our destination? The asteroid 2046 bar... The trajectory is displayed on the navigation table. 2046 bar? What the... Oh, nuts. I'm calling him. McKinnon! Get down here! Roar, before you get mad... Before I get mad, I'm already... I know he can hear me. Damn it! McKinnon, get down here, now! was a tall, well-built young man. His unruly shock of red hair towered six feet four above the floor, and his wide, lithe shoulders threatened to burst the jacket of his gray synth-silk zipper suit. 
He wore a flat, tongue-tight belt in which was holstered a queer-looking pistol, and on his left hand was a large, odd ring. This big young man's tanned, handsome face had lines of humor around the mouth, crinkles of laughter around the eyes. Yet behind the bantering humor in those gray eyes, there lurked something deep and purposeful, some hidden, overpowering determination. Now, Bo McKinnon, on the other hand, was squat and obese. He filled his chair like a half ton of lard. Black curly hair, turning gray at the temples and filthy with dandruff, receded from his forehead and fell around his shoulders, while an oily, unkempt beard dripped down the sides of his fat cheeks, themselves the color of mildewed wax. There were old food stains in the front of his worn-out sweatshirt, and dark marks in the crotch of his trousers, where he'd failed to properly shake himself after the last time he visited the head. And he smelled like a fart. He was nobody's role model, but that didn't stop him from thinking so, or from torturing us with his pathetic entrances. He descended from the ceiling in his wingback chair. You can call me Captain Future. You've changed course. We're supposed to arrive at Ceres in two days, and while I slept, you changed course. Yes, Mr. Furlan, that I did. I changed the comet's trajectory while you were asleep. I've ordered the brain to alter our course so we intercept asteroid 2046 bar. We fired maneuvering thrusters at 0130 ship time, and in two hours we'll execute another course correction. That should put us within range of the asteroid in uh, about... Eight hours, Captain. Thank you, First Officer. Uh, at this time, the comet will be secured for emergency action. Any further questions, Mr. Furland? Any further... Just one. How do you expect me to make my rendezvous with a Jove Commerce if we detour to... 2046 bar. Whatever. We won't. In fact, I've already sent a message to Surrey Station stating that the comet will be delayed and that our new ETA is indefinite. With luck, we'll reach Ceres in about 48 hours. You should be able to keep your new position. No, I won't. The Jove Commerce leaves Ceres Station in 42 hours. And that's at the latest if it's going to meet its launch window to Callisto. They'll go with or without me. And if they go without me, I'm stuck on Callisto. That is not my problem. Look, McKinnon. Captain. Captain McKinnon. Look, what's so important about this asteroid? I mean, if you've located a possible load, you can always stake a claim with the Association and come back for it later. What's the rush? Mr. Furland, I am not a prospector. If I were, I wouldn't be commanding the comet, would I? Then what's so important? Brain, display a hollow of 2046 bar. 2046 bar. Type M asteroid, 3 kilometers in length, 700 meters in diameter. Composed mainly of metallic ore and carbonaceous crondite rock. Yeah, yeah, I can read the stats. But on the back end, 
Isn't that a... A General Aeronautics Class B mass driver. The TBSA Fool's Gold. It's a mobile mining rig. It attaches to a stony metal asteroid and sinks a shaft into its core. Then it begins to hollow it out, extracting rare metals from deep inside while shooting the till out its exhaust port as reaction mass. The mass driver propels the asteroid towards Earth, where it can be broken down for raw material. And the crew makes a bundle of the refined ore. Nice work if you can get it. It's due to arrive in lunar orbit in four months from now. Twelve-person crew, a captain, a first officer, executive officer, uh, three engineers, two metallurgists, uh, a physician... Uh, yeah, okay, and they're all gonna get rich soon. What's that got to do with us? We picked up an emergency transmission about three hours ago. Uh, brain, uh, play back the recording for our most selfish crew member here. Mayday. Mayday. This is the mass driver, Fool's Gold. Mayday. We're experiencing evil Known problems. Fatalities. The crew is turning... <laughs> They're killing... <laughs> I'm insane. <laughs> we'll request emergency assistance. We'll request emergency assistance. That's all there is. Afraid so. No other transmissions have been received, and no other ships in the sector have reported contact with them since. And that was two hours ago. Are we the nearest vessel? I checked. The only other ship within range is a prospector near Gaspara, and it's 34 hours from 2046 bar. Everything else is closer to Ceres than we are. I guess you've already tried to contact them. Uh, y yes, I have. Jerry, play back the... Calling TBSA Fool's Gold. Please respond. This is Captain Future calling from the TBSA Comet. Uh, registry Mexico Alpha Foxtrot 1657. I've received your transmission, and I'm on my way to investigate your situation and offer assistance. The future men and I will keep you informed as we near your location. Captain Future, over and out. The future men? You have something to say, Mr. Fairland? No, Captain. Very good. Uh, my sextant reading confirms we're on course for 2046 bar. I'll be in my cabin if you need me. Yes, sir. Uh, Mr. Ferland, you'll need to arm the weapons pods. There may be trouble. Um, yes, sir. Very good, sir. To carry on. Uh, Mr. Bose, you have the bridge. Trouble, my ass. TBSA Fool's Gold, this is TBSA Comet, Mexico Alpha Foxtrot 1657, due copy, over. TBSA Fool's Gold, this is TBSA Comet, please respond, over. Still nothing? No, it's been four hours. I'm standing by for the course correction. On your mark. Mark in ten seconds. Brain load program for new heading. Program for new heading loaded. Program execute in eight seconds on your mark. Arm main engines. Arms armed. We're green to go. Very good. Five, four, three, two, one. 
Mark. Okay, throttle down to zero percent. Safe engines. Brain, please confirm new heading and destination. New heading X-ray 0.6, Yankee 5.29, Zulu 12.7. Destination Asteroid 2046 bar, ETA 6 hours 8 minutes. And counting. Very good, thank you, Brain. I can't believe we're doing this. Pardon me, I didn't quite hear you. I said I can't believe we're doing this. Responding to a mayday? Following this nut's orders. I think you know the rules. You've been a spacer long enough, haven't you? All my life, kiddo. Third generation. My mother was a beanjack. My father was a moon dog. And I put on my first spacesuit before I was out of diapers, so don't go quoting the astronaut's general handbook to me. Oh, yes, I see. And, naturally, you know more about this sort of thing than someone who was bioengineered for zero-g. Uh, hey, look, I didn't mean... Of course you didn't. I didn't. And I don't have anything against... Googles? No, damn it. And I don't ever use that word either. Why, thank you. But I know I have a lot more about this business than... than Captain Future back there. Ah, so now we get to the heart of the matter. Look, you know what I mean. McKinnon is a rich kid playing at being a captain. I know the score. His rich daddy bought him a freighter and got him a commission to get him out of his hair. Now he's out here in the belt pretending to be this this Captain Future character. And it's obvious he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Uh-huh. For the love of Elvis, I've forgotten more about spacing than he's ever learned. And what does he have me do? Clean the head, mop down the wardroom, go EVA to check the cargo divots, set up cockroach traps for the love of... Uh-huh. He tells me to do one job, then interrupts me while I'm doing it so I can do another job. And then he balls me out for not finishing the first job. He wakes me up so I can fetch him some coffee. Then he goes to sack himself out. Uh-huh. He sleeps late. He dumps his food trays wherever he feels like it. Jeez. Does he ever take a bath? Sometimes. When I remind him. And he spends all his time reading those old magazines he's got stashed in his quarters. Captain Future and the Seven Space Stones. The Magician of Mars. The Triumph of Captain Future. You should try reading him sometime. The brain has them all stored in memory. They're a bit odd, to be sure, but fascinating. <laughs> it was another time. Exactly. I bet this silver son of a bitch has never thought of anyone else in his life. He saved my life. He... Say what? He saved my life. Whatever else you might say about him, he's not selfish. Hmm. Anything you want to talk about? Nothing that probably hasn't occurred to you already. I mean, you've probably wondered why a Google is serving as first officer aboard this ship, haven't you? Uh, no. Oh, please. We're not telepathic rumors to the contrary. It's just that I've heard the same thing over the last several years we've been together. You know how superiors mate, don't you? What? Um... Well, no. Prearranged marriages. Oh, right. All very carefully planned by our clans in order to avoid inbreeding while expanding the gene pool as far as possible. It allows for some selection, of course, 
No one tells us exactly whom we should marry, just as long as it's outside our clan and it's not to, well, one of you. One of us. <laughs> Apes. Primaries. Why, thank you. But it doesn't always work out that way. When I was 20, I fell in love with a boy at Descartes Station on the moon. A primary, as luck would have it. Or at least I thought I was in love. I think we were just good in bed. In the long run, it didn't matter because as soon as he discovered that he'd knocked me up, he got the Union to ship him off to Mars. They were only too glad to do so in order to avoid a... Messy situation. I see. Leaving you stuck with the child. No. No child. I tried to keep it, but the, um... The miscarriage... Anyway, uh, the less said about that, the better. I'm sorry. It didn't matter. By then, my family had disowned me, mainly because I had violated the partnership that had already been made for me with another clan. Both clans were scandalized, and as a result, neither one wanted me. So I was grounded on the moon. A small pension, just enough to pay the rent, but nothing to live for. I suppose they expected me to become a prostitute, which I did for a short time. Or perhaps commit ritual suicide and save everyone the sweat. That's cold. Perhaps. But it's the way of my people. Even so... I considered taking the long walk, pushing the void button at the end of the airlock. All your problems are gone. To the stars. But Bo found me first when I, well, propositioned him. He bought me a couple of drinks and listened to my story, and when I was done crying, he told me that he needed a new first officer. No one else would work for him, so he offered me the job, for as long as I cared to keep it. And you've kept it. And I've kept it. For the record, Mr. Furland, he has always treated me with the greatest of respect, despite what anyone else might have said. So, the two of you... No. The Google and the fat slob aren't screwing in the captain's quarters, if you must know. I didn't mean it like that. Of course not. But to tell you the truth, if he ever asked me to sleep with him, I'd do it without a second thought. I owe him that little. Mr. Ferlin, Captain Future has asked me to look into why the weapon pods are still not armed. Tell him he's crazy. Roar, just do it, please. Mr. Furland, Captain Future has asked me to inform you that if the weapon pods are not armed in 60 seconds, you will be placed in the brig for the remainder of the voyage. Oh, I'd like to see you do that, Brain. It would be a distinct pleasure, Mr. Furland. Oh, Roar, come on. Okay, okay. But Jesus, it's overkill. He's got four nuclear missiles on this ship. Packs Astra Royal Navy surplus weapons on a freighter. That's like arming a tugboat with heat seekers. What does he think he needs them for, anyway? Space pirates? Actually, yes. He believes there are pirates in the belt. There are pirates in the belt.
Operator Orion to all stations and squadrons of the Planet Patrol. Shouted the young operator into his microphone. Being pursued between Saturn and Jupiter by Radium Raiders. There came a flash of brilliant light outside the windows of the speeding ship. A glare that lit up all space for a second. They're within range. The operator glanced swiftly through the porthole and glimpsed the scene to bring a chill to the stoutest heart. The four black cruisers, rapidly overtaking the fleeing freighter, were using their heavy atom guns. He glimpsed the shower of atom shells rushing toward them. Then another blinding blaze of light, a quivering shock through the ship, and the roar of an explosion. We're hit! Caught our stern and have the two back blasted! The explosion had flung the tele-audio operator to the floor. He heard rending metal, the shriek of escaping air, the clanging of automatic bulkheads closing to prevent its escape. The Orion's rocket tube the stern had been ripped into junk, and a backblast along the power pipes had exploded the cyclotrons. We've been crippled and are about to be boarded. Our position as follows... Weapon pods armed. We're ready to take out the dark side. Look, I know Bo can be weird some of the time. Most of the time. But you have to realize that he's a romantic stuck in an age where most people don't even know what the word means anymore. He wants daring do, swashbuckling, great adventure. He wants to be a hero. Bo McKinnon, space hero. That isn't too much to ask for, is it? Perhaps so. This isn't an age of heroes. We move rocks back and forth across the system, put money in the bank, and congratulate ourselves for our ingenuity. A hundred years ago, what we're doing now was the stuff of dreams, and the people who did it were larger than life. That's what he finds so attractive in those stories. But now... Well, who can blame Bo for wanting something that he can't have? He's stuck on a second-hand freighter with an ex-whore for a first officer and a second officer who openly despises him and he's the butt of every joke from Earth to Iapetus. No wonder he drops everything to answer a mayday. This may be the only chance he ever gets. Wow. What? Nothing. What are you thinking about? A lot of things. That one, a butterfly on your face. It looks like it's taken off when you get excited. Oh. Um, well, we've uh, still got a few hours before we reach 2046 bar. A few hours? Yes. I don't suppose you... I mean, do you want me to do anything? No. No, no, I, I've got everything covered. Um, I, I'm just going to uh, uh, try uh, to contact the Fool's Gold again. Um, get some sleep if you want. Uh, yeah. Okay. Maybe I should uh, grab a few wings. Why don't you take Bo's seat? I'm sure it must be comfortable. He sleeps in it all the time. So I've noticed... Don't worry, I won't tell him. Thanks. Pleasant dreams. 
Yes. Thanks. TBSA Fool's Gold. This is TBSA Comet, Mexico Alpha Foxtrot 1657. Do you copy? Over. TBSA Fool's Gold. This is TBSA Comet. Please respond. Over. Come in, Fool's Gold. This is TBSA Comet. Do you read me? Over.